Episode number 46, Proverbs Tuesday. We're in Proverbs 6, jump there. We're getting into some really practical stuff. For those of you that are in 6th and 7th grade, this might seem a far way off, but you can begin to do things in your life that build up these qualities so that when you have money and you're making financial decisions, you can be wise. Because we don't want to be normal when it comes to our finances. Most normal people are broke. Most normal people in America live paycheck to paycheck. Most normal people don't have a budget. Most normal people don't have a plan for their money. And because of it, most normal people live in much anxiety when it comes to their finances. And so these are practical things that you can do so that you're not normal. Proverbs 6. We're just going to do five verses today. They all tie together. So we're doing Proverbs 6, 1 through 5, which talks about instructions on giving a pledge for someone or essentially taking out a loan. Um, he then uses the example of an ant to warn against slothfulness in verses 6 through 11. Those are tied together. We'll see that next week. And finally, he describes the fate of the wicked in verses 12 through 15 and traits and lists traits hated by Yahweh. And if you're following along in the love series, then, you know, we've just kind of covered that too. So let's read Proverbs 1, sorry, Proverbs 6, 1 through 5. My son, if you have put up security for your neighbor, this is some sort of pledge, collateral taken for a loan. My son, if you've put up security for your neighbor, have given your pledge for a stranger, if you are snared in the words of your mouth, caught in the words of your mouth, then do this, my son, and save yourself. For you have come into the hand of your neighbor. Go hasten and plead urgently with your neighbor. Give your eyes no sleep, your eyelids no slumber. Save yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the hand, like a bird from the hand of the fowler. So what they are speaking against is indebting yourself financially to somebody else. It says in Proverbs 22 that the debtor is slave to the lender. And wisdom literature speaks strongly about putting up securities or pledges. This is You'll see it also in chapter 11 and verses 22, which I just said. And the one putting up security would be responsible if the debtor defaulted on his loan. So a couple things here. He's giving this instruction to his son, presumably before he has gone out and done this. So he's saying, if you go about doing this, these are the consequences that might follow. You've either given money to somebody. Let's say you're in the position of the lender and you've given money to somebody and they have suddenly defaulted on your loan. That relationship changes all of a sudden, especially if it's familial. I see these in family relationships from time to time where uh, an older parent has given money to a younger child. And that's a beautiful thing, right? But it's in the form of a um, some sort of loan. I can tell you Thanksgiving dinner tastes different when one person sitting around the table is the lender and one person is the debtor. 
and God forbid the child defaults on the loan, that changes the relationship between the lender and the debtor. So here's my wisdom in regards to this. I think it's good wisdom. Of course I do, because it's my wisdom, right? But it's stuff I've seen in life. If you're going to lend money, lend it as a gift. And make that clear right at the front, saying, look, this is not owed back. You are not on the hook. I don't want your heart to walk around saying, oh my gosh, they're such a nice person for lending me this money. How could I ever repay them? But make it clear to them that you are gifting this because the Lord has gifted you much when it comes to your resources, whether it's financial, whether it's help. Because when you do that, you do a couple things. One, you at least remove what is called the debtor's ethic which is shame placed upon someone's heart, not by the lender, but by, sorry, not by the, the person who is lending, but by the debtor themselves because they feel like that they don't live up to someone else's standards. You see this, right? You go over to a friend's house, you have a blast of a time, and then one of the things that you'll say before you leave is, hey, next time, how about you come over to my house? And we've, we feel this debtor's ethic because, well, if they've done something really nice for me, I must do something really nice for them. I must make things equal. And in some ways that's good, especially if you love the person, but it can drive us. And it will drive and does drive many people to try to constantly outdo each other relationally because one wants to hold relational debt over another person. And this is used in abusive situation and manipulative situations. And so when you remove that, especially when it comes to finances between friends and making something a gift, it frees them up or hopefully should free them up to see the grander gift, which is God gave his son freely so that you can have a right relationship with him. It should reflect God's love for you. Okay, But if you find yourself in the situation, you need to plead. Plead that this be ended. Um, and find a way to try to get out of it. He talks about not being slothful next. And he talks in the end of here, give your eyes no sleep, your eyelids no slumber. Work yourself to where this burden, this deading burden in a relationship is removed. The plead with your neighbor in verse 6-3 emphasizes kind of this urgency in the situation. The Hebrew phrase used here, though, indicates fervor. It's a big word for just this continued pleading, this almost nagging, right? The idea is seen also in the parable of the widow and the unjust judge in Luke 18. So, all this to say, look not to in debt one another, whether it's going into debt with a friend or to lend out, but live life in such a way that you are a person of gifting who loves their neighbor by the way that they treat them, 
and realizes that the resources that God has given you are just that, resources that God has given you, not my own, and I deserve all of it, and if someone takes it from me, how dare they? We need to view our money differently. We need to view it biblically. We need to view our resources biblically in the way that we interact with our resources personally and in the way that we interact with our resources in community. I'm not going to lie. I've told people you know, who have asked for money in the past. I said, I've told some of them, no. Look, it's just one, either too much or it has the potential to change our relationship for the worse, so I'm not going to do it. And other times, we freely have gifted the money to somebody because, ironically, the Lord has either put it on our hearts or he has given us a little bit more extra cash. So when um, a debt or a loan was needed by a friend, we could say, hey, this money's from us. There is no loan attached. This is a gift. And we're going to give it to you because we love you. And we love, and the Lord loves us and has given us resources to use for his kingdom and he feels that and we feel that his kingdom would best be extended by helping you financially in this situation magnifies the lord and ironically and i'm not guaranteeing this will happen for you but ironically every time we've either offered to give up stuff financially or have indeed given up stuff financially, the Lord ends up um, refilling um, the money that we've lost some weird way, whether it's a gift from someone in our congregation, whether it's a gift from a grandparent, whether it's a side job that he suddenly uh, um, puts at our lap that meets the exact financial um, kind of risk that we took by gifting money to people. Um, So I do think the Lord honors this when we don't look to indebt others, but we look to gift others with the expansion of the Lord's kingdom and the way that we treat them. It's a good habit to get into. Hope you have a great week. Peace.